How many times has uh, Tony reminded you he was in Madden? Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> that's the first time I learned about who Tony Broner was when I was young, like that, at, yeah. when he was in uh, Madden, what, was that 05? You know, 2005, 2006, 2007. <laughs> that's really good, Tony <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast, powered by Last Out Media. I am Coach Gary, joined as always by Mr. Kyle Pagan. We have a very fun show today, an interview show. Um, we brought on Harry Mays of the Middle and the Swing It and Ding It podcast. Talked a little about the Eagles, a lot about his uh, career in Philadelphia sports radio, and a little bit of golf. It's a full interview. It's a lot of fun. It's light. It's Harry. He's an everyman. Everyone loves Harry Mays. And now, onto the interview with Harry Mays. All right, we're here joined by Harry Mays, host of The Middle Show on the Philly Voice, as well as host of the Swing It and Ding It podcast. Harry, thanks so much for coming on. Coach Gary and Kyle, I couldn't wait to do this podcast. I mean, I mean <laughs> when, when you say water in Philadelphia, like, that, like I don't say it that way because I grew up in Berks County, but mm. water is the way to go, and the Water Boys is a podcast that I needed to be on. So great to be here. Appreciate that. We're, we might have to clip yeah, we're that glad and, to have uh, you. <laughs> put that on a, a promotion. It's good to have you. Like it's that. funny. Yeah. I'll I'll be the I'll be the fanboy for a little bit. I've I I met you at Fan Fest and told you I think I've been listening to you since my freshman year of high school. <laughs> so and I've I've been out of high school for ten years. So you, right. you you are my favorite radio personality to ever touch Philadelphia Airways. So it's actually kind of like a geeky out moment for me. As well. Hey man, much appreciated, bro. I, I, I'm not kidding you. Like it's it's so it's so great to 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 do things like this because this is the way I grew up with this whole thing. You know, like you guys are doing what I was doing before podcasts were podcasts. I was buying time on radio stations on the weekend, you know, to do an hour show and then a two hour show and kind of, you know, things like that and making tapes and sending it around. And I know what you guys are doing and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about those early days. Like, so you're buying time, you used to work at 950, obviously went on to 975 and, and a little bit more and doing what you're now. Yeah. You have any good stories from your early days on uh, any of the legends you worked with? Well, I, I've got a lot of that. I mean, I've worked with legends, uh, believe it. I mean, I, you know, Jody McDonald, you know, uh, John DeBella, you know, Mike Missinelli, Tony Bruno. I mean, I, you know, I've been in, on the air and done shows and had the, the, the good fortune of working with some of the best guys and not just sports radio, but just radio and just learning how to do it. And, and just, I mean, I hope that I've gleaned some things from them because they're, they're so brilliant. Um, I've been very fortunate because Philadelphia is really a hotbed and it always has been a hotbed for not just sports radio, but overall radio. I mean, news radio and, and, and music radio. It's, it's, it's such a great place to, uh, you know, outside of New York and some of the obvious places, New York or L.A. or whatever, you know, Philadelphia is incredible with that. So I've been very fortunate with that. And, and it's one of the reasons why I got into the business in the first place is because I was growing up listening to these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first call and the only call that I ever made to sports radio was in the early 90s to Tony Bruno when he was on WIP 
with Angelo and the, and those guys when they were first getting that that whole crazy train going. And I called in one day and I waited on hold for probably an, you know an hour and fifteen minutes. I'm laying in bed and I'm like, no, you know, I got I gotta stay on hold. I gotta stay on hold. They're gonna come to me. And boom, all of a sudden you hear your name. Yeah, we're gonna go to Harry and you know in uh, in uh, Fairmount. Uh, Harry, you're on the you're on the you know the morning show or whatever it was. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is it. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I had this like great take that I thought to give to Bruno. He was the guy that I was pointing out to, and and he laughed his ass off. I remember <laughs> he laughed his. Ass, I mean, he laughs at a lot of things, but he <laughs> laughed at me, and I was just like, holy crap, it made my my year. You know, like yeah. I made Tony Bruno on the radio laugh like a hyena and little did I know that 20 some years ago or not even 20 some years ago later I'd be working with him in like 2009 I think we started to work together and I'd be making him laugh on a daily basis Mm -hmm. it was like a dream come true you know you 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 have these idols you have these guys that you worship in in the in the job that you want to be at and then you end up working with them and they're as cool as you thought they were or better and then you're you're entertaining them. It's it's just been a dream ride, man. I I I, I can't tell you how great it's been. When you're starting to work with a with someone who you see as an icon and whatnot, yeah. you know, what's that what's that feeling like? Like you know, is that a finally like I I made it here feeling? Like have you had that no. feeling before that, or was Tony probably the first one that you're like, wow? You well, know, like, it's not an I made it thing. It's like I don't want to screw this up. Then, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, like because you're like you know the program director is putting me with Tony. And Tony was out in Los Angeles at the time and, and I'm doing shows here in Philly. And he's like, I think, you know, you, you obviously get his way of doing radio. And his name was Matt Nahagian mm-hmm. and he's out in San Francisco <laughs> now and he's a, a great program director. And he put us together cause he knew that I really loved Tony and he wanted to get Tony on the station. So he's like, I think, you know, I'm going to try this. And, Tony came in for a couple of shows we were doing in Atlantic city and some, some you know, out of the stu- the studio. And I drove the show, believe it or not. Mm. And Tony was sort of the, the, the second guy, which we knew wasn't going to be the case if it ever came down to doing a show, but it was our show. And Tony is so good. Like that he took that role and we made it work. And it, that showed the PD, like, dude, if, if Tony can make this work with him driving the show, imagine what it could be like when Tony drives the show, which is the obvious way it's going to do. So then that, that happened. It became a show. But now Tony's in L.A. and I'm in Philly and we can't see each other. There's no Zoom like we're doing today. You know, there's no StreamYard or any of these apps. So we're doing the show blind. I can't see him. And he's a very visual guy because he does a lot of, you know, he's like Peyton Manning at the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like outside of Omaha, he's got his arms going here and there. So you can't really tell when you're going to come in. And I just sort of picked up on it. And it just became like we could do it. And that's when I knew that I could do radio. Like I'm like, if I can do radio with a legend like this, where I can't even see him, like we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Yeah. How many times has uh, Tony reminded you he was in Madden? Uh, 
How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> that's the first time I learned about who Tony Broner was when I was young, like that at, yeah. when he was in uh, Madden. What was that? 05? You know, 2005, 2006, 2007. <laughs> that's a really good, Tony. <laughs> <Bruno>. <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite Bruno story? Um, jeez, that you can tell. Favorite? Yeah, that's the problem. I, yeah, I can't really. Yeah, tell a lot. I mean, we went down. Well, the PD put us together when he was first bringing Tony back, and we went down to Atlantic City. With the P, the PD drove me down there from Philly, and we got so smashed, or at least I did. I drank so much vodka that the program director was thinking about firing me. He's like, "You're you're an absolute." freaking alcoholic and he had to drive us home and bruno is just taking us around to all these like little bars and little like shows and all this stuff and getting us in everywhere and you know he's being tony he th that's the thing when when he's he, he's on like yeah. he's he can turn it on and he can turn it off and that's sort of one thing that i've learned a lot i think i've learned a little bit from him is to turn it on and then you're off you know you go you power down and then you're on and uh, we were on that night, and I almost <laughs> lost my job. I got the gig, and then I almost lost the gig because the program director had to drive me home and drop me off, and he was like, you're a freaking lush. <laughs> well, you've become somewhat famous for the vodka crayon. Can you explain to everyone who's listening who hasn't heard you explain how to make a vodka crayon? Because from well, what I understand, it's literally vodka with like a dash of crayon, but you gotta be able to see through it, right? Yeah, it is. It, it's it's a very blush drink. It's not red. It's like vodka, like three, four fingers of vodka. Mm -hmm. You know, with glass in the in in you know ice in the glass, and then a little bit of cr of club soda because you got to get a little fizzy. I need a little fizz action. Yeah, I know? agree with that. But the the cranberry. When the, when the bartenders use the gun, if you're at a bar, Oof. it's tough to control the gun. Mm -hmm. Any of you guys have ever bartended, and I think you're, you're, you're shaking the head. Yeah. You know, you've done this. When you touch that little button, sometimes the, you know, the shit just busts out of there. Mm -hmm. you know? It's like a, 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 a sailor that's been on, you know, on a boat for <laughs> three months. He's getting to Hong Kong, and he's, you know, it's like, yeah. boom, you know? <laughs> But it's just a little tap of that. So it's just blush. So it just drips down into the glass and then it's perfect. Yeah. Little, little, little quick tap on the gun. I mean, you, yeah. you, with some experience, you, uh, you, know, you master that. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the vodka of choice? I'm going to guess you are a Cheetos or Chopin guy. I'm Cheetos. Cheetos guy. I like Cheetos. Yeah. I'm, Cheetos. I'm American. Yeah, okay. I, I promote American stuff. <laughs> I'm, all about, you know, I'm all about America. You like I mean, dogs. I yeah. all the all the stuff, and I I love all that other stuff too. But Tito's is so great, you know. It's I mean it's it's six times filtered. It's from Texas, you know. Matthew McConaughey's hometown. I mean, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Harry, is is there a difference in vodka? Is there a, is there really a taste? I don't think there is. There's a little bit. There is a little all bit. Right. I mean, exp yeah, experienced vodka drinker like yourself. But, though. You're right though to question that because it's not like you're drinking bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where there's like a real distinct difference. I think it's the smoothness. Cause like, you know, when you're growing up and you're drinking, you know, Vladimir mm -hmm. Popov and all that right. stuff, that's not you're even right. getting down. Yeah. Rubin off up in it. Yeah. yeah do you, ever, you guys drank Popov, I guess, at college. I was a Vlad guy, oh. Vladimir. Vlad guy? Mm -hmm. I've always, guy. I always was, uh, I never could get into the vodka. I, 
I remember I did rum for the longest time, and then I went to school in Massachusetts. They had something called Admiral Nelson, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, the shittier version of Captain Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Can't drink it ever again for the rest of my yeah. life. I've become a gin guy in my older life. So, wow. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you I'm what. I'm like one of the three people that drink it. My, my old man and my mom, by virtue of him, were gin people. Mm-hmm. So I used to have to mix the martinis when I was a kid. I was the one who made the the martinis. Probably why I love drinking so much because yeah. I'd literally sit there and put you know you know the beef feeder or the Gordon's mm-hmm. gin or whatever. There you go. It was never great gin. It was it wasn't like Bombay Sapphire. <laughs> well, we'll we'll say this: if you're gonna drink gin, if you're gonna be a gin drinker, you got to be able to stomach beef eater because it's the right. driest and it's the hardest. So you got yeah. if if you're a degenerate drink, gin drinker, I've told Kyle th- thousands of times like. Sometimes when I watch, I can't go to the gym. I just can't do it. It gets me right. there too fast. Yeah. Because at this point, it's literally my gin and tonic is just like your vodka crayon. It's, it's a lot of gin. It's a, a lot of gin. Tonic, yeah. Little taste of lime juice. That's about it. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So I was the guy. We had, a, we had a bar growing up, and I was the guy who got the beers. So my beer pour okay. has, been, has been good since about 9, 10 years old. You're good on the tap. I'm great on the tap. Got the, got the perfect um, diagonal pour so that there's, yeah. there's head on it but there's not too much head where it's going to take away from the, the taste and the flavor so there's an art to that there is there is there is who's the dream radio booth if uh, if harry if harry mays could pick you know two guys first mic second mic and then a producer and this can be we could talk you know back like casey Kasem. we could talk like back in the day we could talk now we could talk wherever you want where would your uh, where would that dream booth be jeez i almost think i like I've already done it. I mean, you know, like maybe Bruno and um, obviously Bruno, because mm-hmm. I've never had more fun every day doing radio than with him. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a lot of fun with a lot of, with most of my co-hosts or, you know, all of them really, but not on a daily basis where you just didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And it was just like, you know, it's a car wreck, you know, <laughs> you're waiting. It's like a NASCAR race. You're waiting in turn three for the wreck. And, and (laughs) you know, you almost enjoyed it, but uh, so it would have to include him. You're going to put somebody else in there. I mean, maybe somebody, maybe somebody straight from the sports world, like a Jim Nance or something Mm -hmm. like that, who I really respect. Uh, you know, a guy who's done, you know, so many different sports, football, golf, college basketball, you name it. Um, that, that might be a pretty good dynamic. We had him on a couple months ago on, on the show that, that lasted a few months. And, and we had such a great time and such great chemistry. I, I, I might go there. Cool. Hmm. Um, I do want to touch on that serious show because I did, I did enjoy it. Um, you think if, if Tony said what he said, which inevitably got it canceled, you think if he says that today and not when uh, tensions were high in June, you think that show gets canceled? Yes, I still do. You still I do? Still think, yeah, I don't think any of that is really, you know, coming back down um, for a while. I don't know if it ever will. I think that, you know, we're in a, we're in a new age where you really got to be careful how you word things. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know, I know what he meant by it. Mm-hmm. And said it the wrong way or, and, and you know it was even interpreted in the article a different way than he actually said it but still the way he said it in today's environment you're going to get zipped and uh, I think I don't think that's ever going to change I think you know all of us are going to have to 
take a lesson from things like that and, and really watch ourselves and be better. Are you cognizant now more when you talk than you were maybe five, 10, 15, 20 years ago when you first got in this business? Um, no, because <laughs> I was so cognizant of it back then because I didn't <laughs> want to get zipped because I was such a, a nobody and I still relatively in the world of this, you know, industry I am that I'm always thinking I'm going to get zipped. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I have always been kind of, you know, cognizant of it. it. I wonder, or I'm like amazed that I haven't gotten zipped by Twitter yet. <laughs> like I haven't gotten, you know, on there one night with a few too many yeah. brands in me and I'm just like, yeah, boom, 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 boom. And it's in the chair. I've had a few in the chamber and I've pulled them back. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, my, my old boss used to tell me, he's like, you're going to get fired. I mean, you're, you're Twitter. Uh, you know, it's borderline. I'm like, I own Twitter, I used to tell him. But I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I got to calm down and I've calmed down and I, I think I'm pretty good with it. But it, you're always cognizant of it, man. Yeah. You, you have to be. Hey, listen, I think we all have some of the drafts that are sitting there letting them breathe and whatnot. And we wake up in the yeah. morning like, well, thank God we let right. that one breathe. Exactly. I just hope there's not one sitting out there one day where some guy's like, whoop, that's it for him like ah, yeah there it is for me yeah whoop sorry folks we interrupt this interview with harry mays to tell you about the water boys partnering up with the groomsman suit the groomsmansuit.com oh my goodness you guys got to check these guys out if you've ever thought about renting a tuxedo you're an idiot because if you go to the groomsmansuit.com you can purchase wedding suits and tuxedos for less than it costs to rent with fast and free shipping orders within 48 hours to ensure you have plenty of time to get those pants hemmed their award-winning service pretty much speaks for itself this is huge news because they're allowing us to give away a one-on-one private custom suit fitting with a showroom manager in person or virtually to decide on a custom suit of your choice excluding the premium options all right let's not get greedy here this is how we're gonna do it we know you dress like shit and if you don't dress like shit someone in your life does a brother a co-worker a groomsman a friend someone needs a major upgrade in their life and we need to see why you need a custom suit this holiday season email us at dress this mess at the waterboys.com that's the wood erboys.com and include a story of why you or someone in your life needs a major upgrade and send some pictures because we have got to see what we are working with dress this mess at the waterboys.com all entries must be in before december 20th that's very important december 20th and the groomsman suit and the water boys are going to pick a winner for you or someone you love this holiday season let's get back to gary and kyle with harry mays but obviously the the chemistry between you and bruno was undeniable but you've also had post bruno i mean you with Rob Ellis, you with Jason Bertitas, and you with Aton. Every show's been good. What's it like working with those three guys? Uh, it's great, and and I love all the all three of those guys. Still work with Aton, and you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's about me or what, but like I find a way to sort of make the guys that I'm working with better like 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 i'm gonna make i'm gonna take what i love about this guy and i'm gonna boost that you know i'm gonna put the volume up on that because this guy's really good at x y and z Mm -hmm. and i might not be good at x y and z or whatever but i want to really pump up what they're good at and i'm going to promote them and i think that's i don't have a whole lot of ego and i think 
a lot of guys in our business back in the day, especially, were all about ego. I don't have any ego. I, you know, I'll go drive a cab. I'll go be a caddy. It doesn't matter to me. I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. But if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to do it. So I want to have fun with these guys. So how, how can I have fun with Rob? How can I have fun with Jason, Aton, you name it? I'm going to make them fun or they're going to make me fun. You know what I mean? So that's what it's all about to me. Yeah, you're like the John Stockton of Sports Ready. You're just facilitating all over the place. Exactly, I love it. You know, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, I'm going to give you a bounce pass. Yeah. Well, one of the funniest things I've ever heard live is when Rob Ellis tried to uh, impersonate Giselle Bunchen. That was one of the funniest things I ever heard. When he, Tommy didn't deflate those balls, yeah. I, I actually had to pull my car over. I was laughing so hard. It was one of those times. And any time you guys uh, mentioned Ron Ellis, I was like, this is just out of Oh, yeah. yeah. It was and, great. Yeah. <laughs> so Ron, funny. Ron had that ulterior personality, and other people picked up on it. And they're like, that's Rob Ellis, and that's Ron Ellis. And I think that's what really makes a great show, is when your connection with the audience is, so good that they they know what you're going to say before you say it or they're like how would ron ellis answer this like they're sending you these tweets you know and that that's that tells you they're so dialed into the show and you guys that you you've connected with them and that's big yeah we have gary from south jersey uh whenever yeah. gary gets in his radio caller radio yeah. caller mood okay i don't know if you've seen it a couple i think it was like what two weeks about three months ago, I just lost my mind about Carson Wentz and just screamed uh-huh. into a microphone for a little while. And then I did it again yesterday. Like, I can't stop defending the guy. I, I, I'm, I think I'm addicted to liking Carson Wentz, which is going to be the death of me. Yeah, it probably will. <laughs> so what do you, who, who do you think? Who's, um, who's here next season? Are all three or two-thirds? Who do you think? Well, I, I know I think Carson Wentz is definitely here because yeah. they're tied to him with this mm-hmm. contract, okay? Ching. Um you know, for at least a year or two. Um, if I'm the owner and I, you know, I always kind of try to put myself in their shoes. <laughs> I got to zip my buddy, Howie Roseman. I have to do it. Yeah. All right. We, you know, we, we thought about bringing in a football guy with, you know, with Douglas a couple years ago and kind of didn't work out so well. I got to, I got to divorce myself of Howie Roseman. And that's got to be a hard decision. Maybe, maybe you, you put him just into contracts and accounting and you divorce him from personnel decisions altogether. If that's the way it works, maybe. But I got to d- at least do that. The second thing, and I, you know, this would be harder, is to, to fire Doug Peterson because he did win you a Super Bowl. He has gone nine and seven the last couple of years, gotten you into the playoffs. But the thing that makes me think about Doug Peterson is his effect with Carson Wentz mm-hmm. because you're tied to Carson Wentz. And if you have a coach that can't seem to get the best out of his quarterback, you got an issue if you're tied to the quarterback, especially if that coach is an offensive coach and that's Doug mm-hmm. Peterson. Right. So that makes me second guess the coach, but initially I got to move on from the general manager and get a football the quote-unquote football guy in here Mm. and I don't know that Jeffrey Lurie is going to be able to find that right guy but I gotta move on from Howie Roseman as my personnel guy yeah I'm unwilling to give up on Carson until I see him with a different coach too I I think it's come to the point where 
you can the the regression is so obvious, and whatever the message is is not getting through to him. And it could be he has no offensive line, and the wide receivers can't get separation. But yeah, you you financially you can't get rid of him. So we're I I don't even think we're stuck with him. I think there will be a resurgence. I just I need to see him with another coach, a coach yeah. that's going to utilize the strengths post injury because he's a different player post injury. Yeah, he he is. He's, I think it's we're learning that now. But the, the thing that that bothers me, um, Coach Gary and Kyle, is that you see some of these still shots that where guys are open yeah. and he's got time to throw and he just doesn't pull the trigger or he tries to force it into a guy that is, is covered. And you see on the, you know, the other side of the field, there's one or two wide receivers or tight ends or whatever it is that you could deliver the ball to. There, there's something going on there where he's either got the yips Mm-hmm. Or he just determined, like, hey, I'm going here pre-snap, and that's what we're going to do. Well, I thoroughly believe the the interception um, against Seattle to Dallas Goddard was clear that he took the ball. He looked at Dallas Goddard. He's like, I'm throwing you the whole time. There was never a consideration to look yeah. at a different read, which, yeah, is concerning. And obviously there had to be some type of miscommunication because one broke-in throw went out. So you can put it on whoever. But that was the more concerning part. The throw wasn't a good throw, but the fact that – he dropped back, stared down a guy who was already in double coverage. It's like, I'm firing yeah. it anyway. That, that's yeah. where I get a little nervous with him. Yeah. I think the trajectory issues and all that, he can fix that. We've seen it. But I, I just got to see him with a different coach. It's His crazy. mechanics are not good. No. They're not good. And maybe that comes from having an offensive line that's sort of imploding on you a lot of times. But, you know, uh, he's sometimes he's got three, four seconds to throw the football and still doesn't deliver – the ball to the right spot doesn't throw a good throw. So to me, he needs to be deprogrammed. That's actually good. I like that. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So defrag him. Yeah, defrag. Remember that? That's Remember it. that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, the defrag your computer. Oh, I can't use that till tomorrow morning. Right. Just me- remember to put the R in defrag, or, or you get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> constant right there. Um, you got to be constant. Yeah. Harry's dressing. He just got off 18. Did you shoot 18 before coming on here today? I only played like six holes today. It was freezing cold. The wind was blowing. Like it was, it was, it felt like it was 25 degrees out there today. I have a limit. Like if it's like in the forties, like it was today, but it's not blowing. I'm good. Today was too cold. I just bailed. I walked How'd you shoot? back in like the weather. Okay. <laughs> Get back <laughs> what, out there tomorrow. It's going to be 54 I always, tomorrow. I always wonder what is your handicap nowadays? It stinks. You know, but oh, I, you know, so I, drive up, I drive it up there a little bit too, you know, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, that's why I'm going to say mine's like a 13, but I probably. You got to know how to control the handicap, especially, yeah. with, uh, you know, a lot of like shysters at a golf club. Yeah. I do like you repping your club. I'm, I'm a member at uh Medford Lakes country club down here. The second I, oh, do nice. that, I, I wear this hat everywhere I go. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if you know, but I'm a member somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the greatest oh, thing yeah. in the world. We got to do a home and away here then. We got to do a home okay. and away. You come play me. I'll play you. Let's do swing it and ding it versus the water boys. Kyle can't play. I've seen I him. suck. Can't play. Okay. But I have a golf writer, Max, who's, let's probably say, a five handicap. So we'll figure oh, wow. strokes out. But I say, I say we do a home and home. Swing yeah, you and grab ding your it versus best, the water boys. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that once the we'll set weather that gets better and uh, all this stupid COVID crap gets out of the way. Yeah, let's just try and do it before the end of May because once my kid comes, I'm probably, I'm probably done having fun for a little while. <laughs> what a time to join a country club with a kid on the way. That's right. That's all right. Um, yeah, but I'll caddy. I'll just get my best, uh, my best Masters onesie 
and uh, and and we'll, and we'll get a, we'll get a caddy going. So yeah, we'll put our home. home we'll away. put our official challenge out there. We we got a little something in the works to challenge you. We're gonna go put a video out to make sure you know we're serious about winning. Okay. This thing. Yeah. So. Fine. Let's have fun. So how did swinging a day come a thing? I know um, you've always been a big golf guy. How did how did you go about starting the Swing It and Dinging podcast? You know, I've always been a fan of the sport. I'm not good at it, but I love it. And I'm kind of a geek about architecture and all that kind of stuff. But um, one of my colleagues from the Fanatic days was a sales guy. Mm-hmm. And he's a real good sales guy. His name's Jeff. He's Moose on the mm. show. Okay. okay. He left and, you know, went to iHeart and uh, started running their sales division and he's a, now addicted to golf like you uh, I, the only other person outside of my wife that's more addicted to golf is him so he's like you know hey i, I want to start doing this podcast and i'd like you to be a part of it and you know me i'm like well how can we get paid <laughs> and he's like well I don't know that we can get paid right up front, but I'm going to start working it, you know, with all my contacts. And I said, yeah, I'd be interested in that. You know, it sort of gave me a release to, you know, to do 30 to 45 or 60 minutes, whatever it is on the PGA tour and whatever I want to talk about in golf and, and him too. He's got a lot of opinions, a lot of great takes. And we got Brian Quinn, who is a part owner of the 1912 club and the temple golf coach and played on tour for many years and has taught tour pros. And we thought this would be a good combo. And it was actually, you know, Jeff, Jeff's idea, Moose, his idea. And I just came along with it. And, you know, now we got it sponsored by a couple of sponsors and we're up and running getting some good guests and it's fun. It's a blast. Have you ever been to the masters? How you been to Augusta? I've been to the masters practice round. Okay. In I believe it was '94. It was the year Olathebel won, and, mm, and the great uh, Olathebel was one of the greatest experiences. Yeah, gr- gr- one of the greatest experiences. I lived down in North Carolina at the time, <laughs> and we took a bus trip from Research Triangle Park down to Augusta, and it was cost like a hundred bucks, hundred dollars for a bus trip, plus the ticket, including the ticket. I mean, and back, hundred dollars. Well, is see, back, you know, the '90s. Yeah. But well, yeah. it's funny because Kyle's, Kyle's trying to walk you into a trap. All he wants to do is brag that he was there last, last year on Saturday and he spent $5,000 to go. He loves no telling people about that. I, well, I did go, but I, I always <laughs> want to know, Panetto Cheese, are we in or are we out? I am in. Oh, I think, I, it's make, the, I think it's the grossest thing in the world. Oh, I make great. my own pimento cheese. I, Harry, I'll bring you my own pimento. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah, I, dude, I I eat liverwurst sandwiches. All right, yes. well that doesn't count. If you want, Gary, if you want to align yourself with the liverwurst guy, you go right yeah. ahead. But I'm not going. Listen, to. I'm I'm in Harry's foxhole to the day I die. I'm always going to be right. a maze guy. I mean, I mean, you can't beat the uh, the prices down there, though. I mean, I got drunk off of like like forty dollars. Everything is cheap down there. It's like great. all the beers are cheap. I mean, you know, they keep the concessions very cheap. It's awesome. It's the best. Very hilly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I love that's my, that's my favorite take. Uh, you don't know how hilly it is. But no, it's great you bring that up because a lot of people that watch the tournament, you know, or casual observers don't realize the elevation change, you yeah. know, from like 18 down to Amen Corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're like climbing a mountain. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You, you'll get your workout in that day. I'll tell you that. Yeah. What's uh, one of the best courses you've ever played outside the 1912 club, of course? 
Torrey Pines. Damn. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of hard to beat. Torrey Pines North, and I played Pine Valley twice oh. uh, this past August. So during COVID, I played Pine Valley. I had the fortune of playing Pine Valley twice, and it's it's everything anybody has ever told you about it times mm-hmm. ten. Times I like ten. the. I like to flex my muscles. I have a pine. My dad, I'm a junior. My dad played Pine Valley, and back when he played, they used to get the guest tags. Yeah. So I put that on my bag. So every time I go play something, like, what, did, did you play Pine Valley? I'm like, no, I, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. You can't lie about that. No, no, but um, I've been very fortunate with that. Yeah. I, I was actually out that way for work the other day, and I had, like, never seen it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just drive it. You would never know that that is hidden behind shitty old Clementon Lake Park. Right. That there's this beautiful course. I've, I've always wanted to just go see it, but I, always, I didn't want to just drive up and be weird. Well, you, you drive across those railroad tracks, mm-hmm. okay, the little railroad track there. You drive across there, and you come up to the, the guard. There's a guard there. Uh, see, the I'm police, glad I didn't do it. They have their own police. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the place is, is unbelievable. When you're on that property, you're just like, I can't believe I'm in South Jersey. Well. I can, because I live here, and it's the most beautiful place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Harry, our last question here is sponsored by uh, Kenwood Beer. Okay. Now, I know you're a vodka guy, yeah. but have you ever had a Kenny? No. They're wonderful. They're, it's the refreshing light beer from Philadelphia. It is, is that right? It oh, is. yeah. Light, tasty, local. You can drink 10 on a Friday night, get up and drink 10 more the next day and okay. watch college football. Yeah. So I, could, I could get this at a, a distributor in uh, Conshohocken, let's in say. Conshohocken. Okay. Yeah. Bucks County, Philadelphia, right. uh, Delco, Montgomery County, anywhere in a distributor. Not in South Jersey yet, but they're not, coming. Kyle, Kyle and I just smuggle them across the Patco to me. So nice. that's how we've been doing we that. Just, we commit federal crimes for our advertisers. So before we answer this last question, Gary, cheers. Cheers. I actually drank my last Kenwood on during the Eagles game, which stinks. So I just have an empty can. Well, you so need not, a lot of not that empty. To watch the Eagles these days. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, that was great. So this question sponsored by Kenwood Beer. Harry, you had what a 13, 14 year career at 97.5, correct? Uh, yeah, oh five, yeah, thirteens. Yeah. Why do you think they've never been able to to compete with ninety four one in the mornings? Um, because of the morning show. At WIP, the morning show is a behemoth. Mm-hmm. Um, there are few shows in the country that have ever been able to do what they've done. And, you know, Angelo and his team and everybody that's ever worked on that show, um, Joe Wechter, the producer, and everybody involved deserves a ton of credit because they have built up a monster that is hard to beat. And it's been impossible to beat up until this day. So, mm-hmm. you know, that drives the train and they have a lot of other talent there, uh, you know, through the years, but it, it, it all starts with what Angelo has done. And, you know, Tony Bruno was a part of that way back in the beginning. Um, and, I, and I remember when that show started and it was great then. And it's, it's, it's just been building steam ever since it's, yeah. it's tough to beat. And it's even crazier too, that there's another, morning drive time show in Philadelphia that performs just as well as Preston and Steve. It's just, yeah. it's crazy that, you know, the 97.5 was more or less just late to the game and they're going to have, it sounds like now a third iteration of the morning show with Farzetta being let go, but I, that's, that's quite the challenge for anyone to take. 
it's a tough, it's a tough business as you guys, you know, probably are aware. And, and I definitely am aware it's a tough business and Farzetta did a great job. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, it can be a shitty business at times. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean the guy isn't good and it doesn't mean the show wasn't good. It's, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. Oh yeah. Do you think they're beatable or do you think Angela has to retire for them to be beatable? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Philadelphia is one of these markets, you know, like Northeast markets are very sort of set in their ways kind of thing. It's like you watch channel six news and, you know, you grew up watching Channel 6 News. Doesn't mean Channel 10 and Channel 3 don't have great news programs or great talent. You know, it's just that you're set in your way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of that there, you know, that, that's apparent. Um, and it's just unfortunate that some, you know, guys or guys and gals lose their jobs mm-hmm. because eventually the ratings don't measure up to what they wanted them to be. Um, it doesn't mean they're not doing a great show. Mm-hmm. Before, before you, you mutually parted with 97.5, you were obviously were going to be on that morning show or they, or they wanted to shift you over to that morning show. Were you excited to take on that task like of, of, of going at the behemoth, going at Goliath? I was. I yeah. was, but I, I had a number in mind that mm-hmm. I needed to be mm-hmm. met. You know, it's, it's just, um, you know, I spent a lot of time there, devoted a lot of my energy there, and I thought I did a good job and – everything they asked me to do. And I thought that this was a great opportunity, but um, you're getting up at three in the morning and you're doing a, you know, it's a total life change to do a morning show. And that's the other thing that people need to realize these people that, you know, do morning radio or morning TV, they're giving up a lot of their, their their normal life to do this stuff and they should be compensated for it. And I thought that I should be compensated for it in you know this box and they weren't willing to meet that and that's mm-hmm. that's yeah i've said that from the beginning yeah. like that's what happened and it didn't work out and it doesn't mean that i didn't want to do it it doesn't mean that i wouldn't want to do it at some point in the future but um you know you need to be compensated what you you feel you deserve mm-hmm. and now i mean you now you're with you know barrett and, and aton now and you guys are doing a great job over at having Fame a ball. Voice, which is something totally different than anyone is doing yeah. right now yeah, yeah I, I really respect, you know, what Joe Krause and Jacob Media and, and Aton and Barrett and, all, and I have put together. Um, it's it's something different. It's something new. And, you know, we're having fun. And uh, I think it just gives somebody an alternative. Who knows what is going to happen about it? Like, that's the thing. When you're in this business, guys, it's like you're living life without a net. There's no mm-hmm. net. You're up there on the trapeze, man. <laughs> and you know it could you could miss the bar and fall and it's over but it's the most fun thing i've ever done in my life love that and that's um, exactly what me and kyle are trying to try and pursue it exactly. yeah I, I get it i'm also uh, a temple alum beautiful i see that when are we uh when are we going to get back to the matt rule days of 2015 i think i think we're back to being a basketball school for a little while let's that's that okay way. with me you know, I'm, I'm okay, but I said a couple of years ago that we're now a football school. I got a lot of ridicule for it <laughs> from, some, from some of the old guard. Temple fans are, are a strange lot. They are because we were a football school for about five years there. But, but they're very, they're very like, like 
they take criticism not very well. You know, they're very, it's, I don't know. We're I, a lot like Eagles fans where we're like, we're not Villanova who is, who's been at to the, the penultimate of, of yeah, and championships. I'm, you know, I'm like, suck it up, be tougher. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like really, to go to Temple, you got to be tough. You do. So, why, so if you're a sports fan of Temple, why not, why shouldn't you be tough? Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I don't get a whole lot of that from the Temple sports fans, but whatever. I love Temple. I love Temple sports, but I think Aaron McKee is now going to lead us back into being okay. a very reputable basketball program. And I hope the football program holds up. I think Ryan, I think Kerry's doing a great job. This was a weird year. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing a great job recruiting. I mean, we had our fifth string quarterback the last game of the season. So I know. It was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave I'm glad you gave Kyle a little bit of a pump up because I go at Temple all the time at him. He gets all upset. And I went to UMass, so like the, there's there's shots to be taken, but he never takes it. <laughs> not even worth not even worth worrying about. Yeah, we're a hockey school. Yeah. You just got to get over it, man. Yeah. Play real. Got to be somebody to take shots at someone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Harry, before we let you go, I don't know if you looked at the numbers yet. It's Wednesday. We're recording this. So, yeah. any locks this weekend? Uh, I like the Redskins plus 10 against Pittsburgh Okay, next week. I mean, yeah, how can you not? What, I can't believe they're letting them play off of like four or five days of rest. Yeah, I know. It, it's kind of strange. I, I locked that in the other day. It's kind of a weird, you know, weird thing. Um, Pittsburgh's great, but I think, you know, they get through this game with Baltimore. I don't know what the score is now. They were up like uh, 19 to 7, okay. I think, the last time I looked, 19-6 or something. Um but I think that the Redskins play tough defense. You're getting 10. Um, I just kind of like that. And uh, something tells me about Liberty. Liberty the line <laughs> on the okay. other day, you know, uh, with Coastal Carolina, who's a very good football team, by yeah. the way. And I know they're at home, and I know game day's there and all this kind of stuff. But Liberty getting 10, 10 and a half points with this kid from Auburn that, that's the quarterback, mm-hmm. and Hugh Freeze is the coach. I got to grab the 10, 10 and a half, right? Okay. <laughs> Two double-digit dogs. I love it. Exactly. All right. Lock those boys in. This will come out I'm Friday, parlay. so hopefully that line That's going to be my parlay. Well, actually, yeah, we're actually getting in on that right now. And uh, anybody, yeah. it, the line's probably gone down about two points because uh, <laughs> since then. But, hey, screw it. Get yourself a podcast. Harry, this was great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know Gary does, too. He's he's going to talk to me after this and be like, I just I, I love Harry Mays. Yeah. That's he's going to say. He's literally, that's all he's going to say. Uh, yeah, I will say that. <laughs> uh, Coach Gary, this is this has been a great time. I'm, I'm telling you, I do a lot of these. This is one of the most fun ones I've ever done. Awesome, man. Thank well, you so much. Well, Thank you. You can obviously find him as a co-host on The Middle Show and as a host on the Swing It and Ding It podcast. That's Harry Mays. Thanks again, Harry. Thank you. The Winter Boys podcast was created and hosted by Gary Lay and Kyle Pagan with contributions from Jason Green, executive producer John Barchard, and our theme song is Telescope by the Pine Bears.